How are you guys doing today? Everybody seems a little, a little quiet, a little quiet today. You got a fired up pastor, so I don't know how that's going to work. You guys are quiet. I'm fired up. All right. So um, listen, today we're talking about being dressed for battle. Um, we are in a spiritual battle for the souls of men and women. I don't know if you pay attention at all what's going on in our culture and our world, but it is continuing to just get darker and darker and darker. Uh, it's like hell has just vomited, literal, literal vomited evil. Uh, evil used, has always been there. Evil has always been there. But right now it seems like it's out and about and just mocking everything that stands for Jesus. Anything that comes from the Bible or anything that's truth based on the word of God, it's mocked. Um, and now they're not even, it's not even hidden. So folks, we're Christ's followers. So when that happens, that's our Jesus. That's our word of God that's being mocked, right? And we need to wake up, church, to what's going on in our world and our culture. We need to be on our face. We need to be praying, pushing back the enemy. We don't need to be afraid. We don't need to fear. We understand where the book ends, right? We know in Revelation, the enemy, ultimately, he's already defeated, right? Jesus defeated him on the cross. But there'll become a time where he'll pay the ultimate price, all right? But we got to get dressed for battle, guys. We got to wake up and realize that what's going on in spiritual warfare there are two worlds that are colliding right now and have been since the beginning of time. How many of you are Star Wars fans in this place? Anybody? Okay. Real, real easy, light and dark, right? The whole story is about light and dark. We live in a world, it's that, it's that reality. There's no gray. You either are serving Jesus or you're serving yourself, which is the enemy. Two worlds, you choose. And as Christ followers, we need to get ourselves ready and prepped so that we're not walking around, beat up, not using the tools that God's given us, wondering why we're in the same place. We're depressed. We have no power, no authority. Oh my goodness. We gotta get ourselves awoke and ready for the battle that's going on all the time. Amen? We got to get the armor of God on. We got to realize the authority that we have in the name of Jesus. That's where we're going today for the next few moments, all right? And then we're going to have fun. We're going to have a luau. <laughs> but I'm just tired of the enemy. I'm tired of him winning in some people's lives. Yeah. I'm tired of the chains. I'm tired of people going around the same mountain that they can't get free from. Yeah. Tired of it. Yes. And Jesus has given us all we need for freedom. We just got to tap into it. We got to put it on. We got to actually utilize the tools that he's already given us. Amen? Amen. So it's amazing to me all the ways in which we actually try to protect ourselves in life, okay? Physically, emotionally, financially, right? We make sure that everything is taken care of and protected. Let me give you some examples. We make sure we have homeowner's insurance, life insurance, car insurance. We make sure those things are covered and protected, right? We wear coats in the winter. 
we should wear seatbelts. Hopefully, everybody wears seatbelts. If you work in a warehouse, you might wear safety gloves, goggles. We put babies in cribs. We put training wheels on bicycles. We wear helmets. We get annual physicals. We wash our hands, right? We came out of a season of wearing masks and all kinds of immunizations. We do all kinds of things to protect ourselves in all areas of life. But what are we doing spiritually? What are we doing to cover ourselves spiritually? So here's a question for us. Are you actively protecting yourself spiritually? It's a great question that we're gonna talk about today. I want you to think about that in your heart and your life, all right? Most of the time, we don't even think about it. We don't even think about the spiritual world. But guys, we need to open our hearts and our eyes to what's going on in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our work, even in our own life. We need to get aware of what is going on, amen? Let's pray as we get into scripture today. Father, I thank you for today. God, we recognize your Holy Spirit. We recognize your presence in this sanctuary. God, I pray for the next few moments that you will just speak through your word. God, we thank you that your word is living and active. God, I pray you'll just challenge us where we need to be challenged today. Encourage where we need to encourage, where we need to be encouraged. Open our ears to hear what you have for us today. And God, may we act upon your word. May we respond to you today. May we not just listen and leave unchanged, but God, may we hear your word and respond today in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. We're going to look at some scriptures And it's going to be on the screen. You can open up your device or your Bible either way. Romans chapter 8. In Romans, Paul is going to ask this question, all right? And it's uh, uh, Romans 8, 31. And this question is this. And this is Paul writing to those in Rome who knew Jesus at the time. Paul says this. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? Great question to think about. (laughs) If God is for us, who can be against us? Paul was certain that nothing can separate us from God's love. And guess what? He's 100% correct. There is nothing that can separate us from God. We need the power of his Holy Spirit. Go on to verse 35. It says this, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. Verse 37 says, no, despite all these things, it's a lot of things, a lot of rough things. Did you, did we just, did you realize what we were just reading? Trouble, calamity, persecution, hunger, destitution, danger, killed every day, slaughtered like sheep. Do we see that? That's a lot of rough stuff. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Verse 38 says, and I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death, 
nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Mm. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. How's that make you feel? Nothing can separate you, no matter what, no matter how tough, difficult, hard it gets. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Amen? What Paul's really wanting us to grasp is the fact that Jesus isn't going to abandon us. No matter what it looks like in our culture, we are not alone. Jesus is with us. He's walking with us. He's not going to bail and run out on us. He knows how it ends. But we have to get prepared. We need to be ready participants in that. Amen? What separates us from the love of Christ? The answer is nothing. Say nothing. 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 Amen. That's powerful news, you guys. That's freedom for us to know that. And we need to hold on to that, and we need to trust that. Amen? See, it's the enemy of our soul, Satan. He wants us to disbelieve what we just read in Romans. He wants us to think, oh, that's not really true. He wants to tell us the lies so that we can believe that God's abandoned us. Right? No, take authority over that in the name of Jesus. Make it obedient to Christ. When those things come, don't allow the enemy to trample all over you. Amen? When we don't think we're worthy or believe that God is for us, then we have a defeatist attitude and we go into our daily lives at a disadvantage because we already believe that we're not worthy of what the word of God says that we're worthy of. Guys, we've got to change our perspective. We've got to walk in truth and stop believing the lies of the enemy. Amen. Revelation chapter 12, we're not going to go there today, but I encourage you to read it. All right. It talks about a spiritual warfare that we're in, that we have been in. It refers to the fact that that's what we live in. We don't battle against flesh and blood, but it's spiritual. Like it or not, our battle is with the enemy of our soul, Satan. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's going hard, big time right now after our kids. I don't know about you if you saw the whole thing with Target, but I'm sorry, they hired a Satanist to now develop children's clothing. Yeah, and they have goat heads with pentagrams on them that say 666. What in the world? Again, that stuff's been there for a long time. Now it's just blatant. Now... I mean, we got to wake up. We got to start changing the way we're living and what we're doing. We got to start drawing the line in the sand about who we are as Christ followers. Why do you think the enemy's going after our kids? College age kids wasn't good enough. We didn't want to. Now we're going for the little ones. Let's get them all confused about who they are. Scripture's real clear. We're made in the image of God, male, female, period. One of the shirts says, Satan's okay with my pronouns. Does that not tell you what the agenda is about? We're in a battle. We're in a spiritual battle. 
and we got kids and grandkids. I'm about to be a grandmother. Our daughter, Aislinn, and her husband, they're going to have a baby in September. We got a little, and, and there are others of you. You got grandkids, you got kids. The enemy's after them. The enemy, the thief, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life to the full. But we, we got to wake up. We got to get ourselves armed and ready for what, what's coming, what's here, what's already here. Amen. We got to get ourselves protected. Psalm 144.1, it's not in your note, it's not on the screen, says this, praise the Lord who is my rock. He trains my hands for war and gives my fingers skill for battle. We need to get trained for war on our knees in prayer, praying for our kids, praying for our families, praying for those that don't know Jesus. I know we've heard for a long time that Jesus is coming back, but he is coming back at some point. The the trumpets will sound, the rapture will occur, those that know him will be taken out of here. And those that don't know him will be left. And in Revelation, it goes on to describe what that time will be, and that will not be fun. I don't want my loved ones to be in during that time. The Bible uses all kinds of words to refer to warfare, and I'm not going to be able to give you the scriptures for all of them, but here are just some of the words. Abolish, beat down, break down, cast down, cast out, contend, destroy, fight, prevail, smite, and wrestle. These are words that scripture, multiple scriptures talk about. We are in a war for souls, for our own soul. You don't think the enemy's coming after you? He is. He's coming after your marriage. He's coming after your kids. He's coming after your thought life. He's coming after your purity. He didn't care because he knows what his end is. So the only thing he's got going for him is just to take as many people with him. That's it. We got to arm up. We have been given the right to use the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is above every name. We don't have authority in ourselves. There's nothing we do, right? But we have authority in the name of Jesus. And guess what? That authority in the name of Jesus is recognized in the spirit realm. <laughs> the enemy and all his demons, scripture says that they have to flee at the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. No other name does that happen. No other religion, no other anything can you say. And that happens only the name of Jesus. We cast out demons in the name of Jesus. We bind the works of darkness in the name of Jesus. We teach and preach in the name of Jesus. No other name. That's right. We receive power through the Holy Spirit. And when we combine that with the authority that we've been given through the name of Jesus, we can rout the enemy in our lives and other people's lives. And that's what we're called to do, folks. Stand in the gap. Pray, intercede. Get armed up. Turn with me to Ephesians 6. Familiar scripture. You guys know the armor of God. You grew up in church. You knew it from the time you were little. But sometimes I think we're like, we don't even realize we need to put that on every single day. Get ourselves armed up because we're in a battle. Are you dressed for battle right now? Are you ready for what's going on in our culture and in your family? Are you ready? Because we need to get ready. So turn with me, Ephesians chapter 6. 
to get there. Paul obviously wrote the, the letter to the church of Ephesus, and he's closing out the letter in chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Let's read it together, all right? It says this, a final word. And this is Paul speaking to the church of Ephesus, but it's to the church of us today. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. That's what we're watching right now, literally. And no longer is it hidden. It's just out. Verse 13 says, Therefore put on every piece of God's armor, so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. Verse 16, in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil, Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then it says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert, stay alert, <laughs> stay alert. And be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. We got to wake up. We got to get alert we got to be aware of what's going on in our own lives, in our own homes, with our own kids and grandkids, in our neighborhoods. we got to start taking the authority that God has given us and start being the difference. we got to stand firm. Verse 10 says, finally, be strong. Not be weak. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Strong literally means to be growing in strength. It means we're increasing in strength. It comes from the Greek word dunamis, which is the word for dynamite. We need to be growing in strength. Not our own, right? Because nothing we can do on our own, but through the power that God has given us. Amen? Amen. Verse 11, Paul adds, then put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. Not just part of it, not just piece of it, but the whole thing. It's a compound word which simply means full or the whole armor. We need to be standing, ready, and prepared, holding your ground. Verse 12 says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So that means in your home and in your neighborhood, it's not against people. It's not in your family where there's strife and problems. That's not what the battle is. It's in the spirit realm. It's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities, the powers in this dark world. Spiritual forces of evil. All right? So we need to remember this, that our battles are not against one another. Can we remember that today? Can you remember that this week? When you're at work, when you're struggling in your family, it's not against each other. It's not where the battle lies. Battles in the spirit realm. See, Satan wants us to think it's against people, 
right? We need to hate people. They're different than us. They look different. They act. We got to hate. There's going to be all kinds of hate, right? That's the enemy. The enemy of our soul hates. God is a God of love. And Satan wants us to be a, a world of hate. That's where he thrives, right? Verse 13 says, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, you can stand your ground. No longer being pushed aside, pushed over, ran over by the enemy. Put on the full armor. Refuse to be moved. Verse 14 says, Stand firm, then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. It's important. It's clear that Paul wants us to put on the whole entire armor, not just a few pieces, you guys. Imagine if you were going out to a football field and you decided, you know, you're a part of the team and you decide it's too hot, so you're not going to wear your helmet that day. You go into a football game not wearing a helmet, not real smart, right? You're going to get hit and beat up pretty bad. You've got to wear the entire dressing, whatever it is, get dressed for that thing, right? As Christians, we've got to wear the full armor of God. We've got to put on all of those pieces. Let me read a real quick illustration. You guys remember in Greek mythology, the Greek god Achilles? He was the bravest, the handsomest, the greatest warrior of the army in the Trojan War. Achilles was supposed to be invulnerable, except for his heel. And he actually died because of a small wound on his heel, the only part of his body that was unprotected. And that's where he ended up getting wounded. So it's important that we put on the full armor, every bit of it, all right? Not just the things we pick and choose. We have to remember this is not a typical battle. It's a spiritual battle that we're in, and Satan wants our souls. He wants your kids' souls. He wants your fa- he wants, and he's going for broke now. I mean, he's just literally like, I mean, I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit's still here because the Holy Spirit is literally holding back hell. So imagine once we're gone and the rapture and the Holy Spirit, like, I can't even imagine what it's going to look like when all of that's not being held back. We think it's bad. It's going to get real bad. Verse 10 says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We can rest in his power. We can rest in his armor if we put it on, if we activate that daily, if we walk in that. Amen? Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. Not only do we need to put on the armor of God, but we need to clothe ourselves, Scripture tells us. Colossians chapter 3 Verse 12 says this, Since God chose you to be holy people that he loves, you must close yourself, all right, with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. All right? Clothe yourself. Thank you all for putting clothes on today, right? You got out of bed. You decided you're coming to church, which is a good decision, and then you said, okay, what am I going to wear today, right? You put on clothes. We need to do that with the armor of God. And then we also need to put on, clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy. 
Lord, help me be merciful. Help me put on kindness. Guys, sometimes it's hard to be kind. Anybody? Yeah. Right? In our flesh, right? Humility. Put on humility. That means sometimes you're going to have to die to yourself because you're going to put on his humility. Put on gentleness. Put on patience. We're going to put those on like clothes. Verse 13 says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. We talked about that, right? The power of forgiveness. Remember the Lord forgave you, hello, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in our hearts. We don't need to be fearful. We don't need to have anxiety about all the chaos that's going on in the world. We can rest in the peace that comes through God in God. Amen. So really quick, let's look at this protection. The belt of truth. Why is that important? Truth is really important. <laughs> it serves two purposes, the belt of truth. The belt actually held the soldier's robe or tunic together. Real important. You're in a war. The belt is holding your, your actual clothes on, okay? Can we see how that's important? They didn't wear pants back then, right? They wore these tunics, and so they need to be tied in the front with a belt. <laughs> so the belt of truth is important, the belt also ensured that as you ran into battle, you didn't trip or fall. Belt of truth helps us to not trip or fall, real important. The belt was a simple but essential part of the army. Without the belt, the tunic would get in the way, the breastplate wouldn't stay where it needed to be, and the sword wouldn't be very easy to handle. The belt of truth kept everything where it needed to be. What does the belt of truth mean? It's the first, the first and what must always be the starting point is the truth that we believe in is God's truth, right? His word of God. It's believing without a doubt that Jesus is the Lord and Savior. He died on the cross and rose again, believing in the truth of scripture, not trying to rewrite things for this day and age. John 14, 6 says this, and this is Jesus talking. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He making it real clear. <laughs> I am the only way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. The only way that we get to heaven, that we get to, G get to God the Father is through Jesus Christ. All right, He's paved the way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. So in a world that's trying to make truth be all kinds of whatever we feel, <laughs> truth is Christ. Jesus is truth. God is truth. There's no deciding. If the word of God says it, it's truth, period. It's believing Jesus is who he said he is. It's believing in the miracles that Jesus performed, the virgin birth, the resurrection, the ascension. All right, those are important. The other part to the belt of truth is that we must live truthful lives ourselves. 
The belt kept the person covered and dignified. In the same way, lies will expose you and strip away your dignity. And there's no dignity in sin. The belt of truth means we live honest. We live with integrity without being hypocrites. When we walk in integrity, we're utilizing the belt of truth. Can you see why it's so important that we have that on? We put that on. Satan will use every possible lie to try to defeat us. Scripture tells us that Satan is the father of lies. He's out to defeat you. All around us, we see people twisting the truth to their advantage, trying to make it okay. Dishonesty is prevalent in our society. We've got to keep truth what it is. We must have the belt of truth on at all times. Amen? Next comes, real quick, the breastplate of righteousness. For the Roman soldiers, the breastplate covered the front and the back. It protected the vital organs, the heart, the lungs, the kidneys, the stomach. The breastplate was made of strong leather and it was covered with metal. No arrow or dart could pierce the breastplate that was properly worn. It's important that we wear that breastplate of righteousness. And it's Christ's righteousness, not our own, right? Because we have nothing in ourselves. There's nothing that we bring to the table. We need Christ because he's the only true one who is righteous. Amen? This means that Jesus' death made us righteous in God's sight. We're not righteous on our own. We're viewed as righteous because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Because of the cross, thank you, Jesus, we can now receive his righteousness. Amen? And that can cover us. He died for us in our place and now gives us his righteousness in exchange for what we bring. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. In 1934, King Alexander landed in France for an official visit. Before he left his warship, he dressed in his full uniform of an admiral of the Navy. However, he decided that he didn't want to wear his bulletproof vest that day. After leaving his ship, he entered a special automobile, which met him at the dock And five minutes after stepping on French soil, he was assassinated by an assassin's bullet. This didn't have to happen, but he chose that day to not wear his bulletproof vest. In that one moment, that one decision for him took him out. That's why the the scripture says we need to wear the full armor of God. We need to put on those things daily. In Colossians, it talks about putting on love and kindness. We've got to put ourselves, we got to get ourselves dressed and ready for battle. Amen. And lastly, the shoes of the gospel of peace. We're all aware of the importance of shoes, obviously. Everybody's wearing them today. Dress shoes, work shoes, athletic shoes. There's different types of shoes, and they serve different purposes. The Roman soldiers of this day wore, they would wear a boot, and it, had, it, was, it was specific. It was similar to, like, a football player's spikes because they would have to, like, in war, they did hand-to-hand combat, and so they would be able to help them stand firm. And so their boots helped them to do that. It gave them traction. They helped the soldier stand his ground and to advance. So it was very important. He needed that traction 
in order to win the battles. They had to stand firm. We are also called to stand firm. We are to be firmly planted in the good news of Jesus. The gospel is where we get our traction to fight and to defend. Part of our being equipped for battle is having our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Oh, it's the gospel of peace which enables us to stand firm, to stand our ground, because we know what we're fighting and what we're fighting against. We know we're not alone in the battle. Amen. We can stand secure knowing that we have the peace of God. Romans 5.1 says this. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Isn't that great to have that peace? Because of the good news of the gospel, we can now experience peace with God. We are not enemies of God. When you know him as your savior, you're no longer an enemy. God is not against us. He is for us. We can now enjoy fellowship with him when you know him as your savior. The second aspect is experiencing the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, a peace which guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So not only do we have peace with God, but we also experience the peace of God. God thought we have peace with God, no longer enemies. We're now sons and daughters. He's our savior, but now we also experience the peace of God. This means we experience his peace even in the most trying of circumstances. Even when chaos is all around us, we can have the peace of God. It enables us to have that calm, assured confidence that enables us to handle any situation because God is with us and he's for us. And who can be against us? Amen? Are you ready for combat? Are you ready for the war that's already been here and getting bigger and louder and stronger and more blatant and more in our face? Are you ready? Are you dressed for battle? Are your knees hurting because you're praying? Whoever's coming up, if you go ahead and come up and we're going to get ready to pray and respond to the Lord. So that's my question for us today, church. Are you, are you dressed and ready for battle? The battle that's going on for your own soul? The battle that's going on for your kids, your family, your neighbors? Let's stand to our feet this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Just close your eyes right now in this moment, and I want you to ponder that question. Are you dressed and ready for battle? Just take a moment. Check your heart. Check your life. Are you utilizing the tools that God has given you for spiritual warfare? Are you putting on the armor of God? Are you clothing yourself with love and kindness and gentleness? Are you allowing the fruit of the Holy Spirit fruit of the spirit to be evident in your life just take a moment and I just want you to respond to the Lord in your seat just talk to him right now between you and him answer that question are you ready
Are you dressed for battle? And if not, ask him to help you. If not, ask him to clothe you. So that you can be a part of his army in these last days. Thank you, Jesus. this morning with eyes closed. I want to give you the opportunity. I want to pray for you. If you're finding yourself that you need, you're recognizing that you're not ready. You're not dressed for battle and you need to be. You need God's help to start putting on that armor, to start clothing yourself with love and kindness and gentleness. And you need God's help today to begin to do that. Can you just put your hand up just so I can see where you are today? I want to just be able to pray for you today. As we're here in this moment, as we've heard God's word, we want to respond to his word. We want to respond to what he's saying. So is there anybody here today I can pray with you? Just put your hand up. All right, I see. Yep, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in this moment, God, we want to be ready. We want to be dressed for the battles that's going on. Lord, I pray right now that you will give all of us the strength that we need. Father, help us to put on the full armor of God daily. God, help us to be alert. Holy Spirit, keep our eyes open, our heart aware. God, we need you desperately. And Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus. For those that raise their hand, especially God, they, they recognize that they need help. They recognize that they're not ready. They have not been dressing. They've not been putting on the armor of God. And they realize, Lord, they need your help. And so God, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will just come. You'll infuse them with your strength, with your power. God, I pray daily that you will remind them of Ephesians 6. Father, that they would pray, that they would put on that spiritual armor so that they can stand against the enemy's schemes. Father, I pray for all of us, God, that you will open our, our heart. Father, to those that need to know you, there are so many that are just lost in the darkness, lost in what's going on. Father, I pray right now for every single person, God, that you will just ignite us as flames so that we can burn bright for you, that we can take the light that is in us because of you to this dark world. Father, we thank you, Jesus, that the gospel is good news, that we can bring hope to what's going on, hope to the darkness, hope to all of the craziness that's going on. God, there are answers, and we thank you, Jesus, that you are our answer. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And so, Father, we thank you for that in this moment. God, that we can rely upon you for all of that. God, we don't take it for granted. Lord, we don't want to be asleep to what's going on. So awaken us as a church. Shake us, Lord. 
Show us in our own lives places where we've allowed the enemy, places where we've allowed things that don't glorify you. God, show us, Lord, so that we can ask for forgiveness. God, point those places out. Show us the things we need to stop doing or stop watching or stop being a part of. God, show us by your love those things so that we can honor you with our life. We need your help to do it, Lord. And God, we thank you that we can come to you. We thank you that we have authority in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that we would activate that, that we would use the authority that you've given us against the enemy, against his schemes, against the things he's trying to do in our families, in our marriages, in our relationships. God, I pray that we will stand firm against the enemy and begin to push him and all of hell back. God, I pray that we would begin to fight the right wars and the right battles. Anoint us for that today, God. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for today, God. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for truth. We thank you, God, that when truth comes into our lives, we have to respond. And so, God, thank you for speaking to us today. Now, Lord, we pray blessings on us as we go about the rest of our day, God. May we think about the spirit realm. May we be aware, God, of what you're doing and what you're doing through us, God, in your precious name. Amen.